0: from the crib. <laughs> and ghouls welcome to episode 107 of dads from the crypt tales from the crypt podcast my name is jason tonight i'm joined by mondo hello hello jody is somewhere on vacation but he may pop in may or, may or may not i think he's to in be florida the at the beach oh well i mean it's gotta be like 10 30 there so i don't know <laughs> i'll let you stay at beaches in florida but who knows tonight we have a very special guest joining us is spooky sarah from the final girls feast podcast welcome
1: hello hello how are you i'm living the dream
0: living the dream so uh tell us about your podcast and also tell us about your website geeks who eat
1: ah okay yeah i um i co-host final girls feast where my co-host carrie and i have backgrounds in food content creation, otherwise known as food blogging, but I'm not a blogger. Um, and she and I, when COVID came about, wanted something to do. And so we decided to talk about food and horror movies. And Excellent. so, you know, 60 something episodes later, we are cruising along and just talking. We, we do some like food specific movies And then we also do movies that don't have food, like they're not like about food, but they have food heavily present in them. And most horror movies actually do, believe it or not. So we go through that, we break down the food. I am notorious for pausing and (laughs) label listing every, you know, can, bag, and pouch on a shelf that is on our final girls feast, what we call the bingo card, as well as talking about Disney randomly. And then um, also, as I mentioned, I have a food site with my husband, which is on a semi hiatus. We, we kind of just like get to it when we get to it. Cause he works a lot. So, um, but we create uh, recipes based on movies, books, comics, etc. We have done, you know, lots of horror stuff, and yeah so always always doing stuff
0: <laughs> so my question is uh did you do an episode for the menu and how long is it
1: we did do an episode for the menu and my husband and I did two recipes for the menu Ooh. and yeah so uh, I actually that was a cool one because I actually got to go to the virtual press junket for that Oh, well, cool and you know I I don't know that they necessarily answered my question but it was really cool just getting to sit there and listen to them all talk that was mm-hmm. and I my husband even he does like minifigure painting and stuff he mm-hmm. uh sculpted and painted a pair of earrings for me of the memory chicken
2: mm-hmm.
1: which oh we actually, that's cool and I mm-hmm. turned them into earrings so um we did that and we did all sorts of stuff I even found the timer that they use in the movie mm. and that's an expensive timer let me tell you <laughs> i bought it because i bought it on amazon and that's like a 60 timer for oh, the wow. kitchen i'm like how is a kitchen timer 60 dollars? but it was in the movie so i had to have it
0: yeah that, that's one of those movies i would love to like see like a commentary just on like a group of chefs or they like, see like a uh, like well, a three hour breakdown so i'm sure there's so many details what's and things interesting that is are that, even that in they, the background
1: yeah, they did have, like, the second, I think it was the second AD was from Chef's Table, which is why the food looks beautiful in that movie. Mm-hmm. And Dominique Crenn was, um, she was used a, a lot yeah. in the creation and stuff. So they did have food people on site doing a lot of that styling and oh, creation. Yeah, totally. And they actually sent me a copy of the menu that is used in the movie like oh, not no like way. not like not like a physical copy but like a PDF of like what it like uh, basically what they printed
3: That's cool. That's still super cool though. That's yeah, true. and
1: so I I mean I that movie was like my my poor my poor searchlight rep here to in town you know everybody's bugging him about like the next big you know comic book movie, and I'm I'm over there you know. So when am I hearing about the menu? What's going on <laughs> with the menu? Do we have news about the menu? And I it was just it was a lot of. <laughs> he always laughs because I get excited about the not big releases. I love it in the um, way that people are like, oh, so am I getting in for Batman or am I getting in for the Flash or. And I'm just like I don't care about those.
3: Mm. It, 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 it's funny though because I think people like are really. I think people in those positions, are, they're really um, tickled to death when they meet people like you or people like that are horror fans that really love those smaller releases. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I always. I don't know if I ever talked about it on here, but I was working for another company. Um, uh, Michael Rooker one time came into our store to get his computer fixed or his device fixed. Uh, I, won't, I can't give details on what he's trying to get fixed, but um, <laughs> everyone's like, oh my god, it's a uh, I I forgot his name from The Walking Dead, and he's was- girl. Yeah, and he was he was drunk, <laughs> so we're in Las Vegas, and not like shitty shit face drunk, but he was definitely you know feeling pretty good. So I walked over to help him out. I said, "Man," I said, "I said you're up. I said, "You're," I said, "You know you are." I said, "You're Henry," and he goes, "Oh shit!" And he got super excited because he goes, "I know you're a fucking horror geek," because <laughs> 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 because you called me because you called me Henry, and he goes, "But he was he was just flattered that I knew him from something that wasn't Walking Dead." That's cool. And obviously this is pre peacemaker and all that stuff is the. Um.
0: Yeah, the just for going back a second, The Menu is one of the movies that stuck with me more than many that I can think of. Like, I think about that movie a lot.
1: It's a fantastic, like, piece of social commentary. Right, I, on many levels. I, I love that movie so much. I, I was so excited when we did our episode. It was one of those situations where I was able to, like, have my press rep reach out to the press reps in, um, in... North Carolina, where my co-host is, so she could get into an early screening. And I felt I was like, Yeah, I got Carrie into a screening too. Woo! <laughs> and it was, it was just very exciting. And I, I love the menu. I, I think Searchlight did a lot of great horror last year. Yeah. And I mean, Fresh was incredible.
3: Yes, fresh and, my favorites of the year. I loved Fresh.
1: And it's it's funny because I know someone who auditioned for it. Oh, wow. And I met her because I was an extra on set of Scare Package Two.
3: What? That's cool. I love and, Scare Package, well, package Two.
1: I'm I'm a scare pa- I'm the Scare Package fan club president. So <laughs>
3: what? That's amazing. Scare, scare, so, scare Package is oh near and dear to I, my. I love that movie and the second I, one.
1: I have a, a as soon as we get off here, I will I will flip my camera and show you my my little uh, paper street pictures shrine that I have in the corner of my desk mm. over here. That, that's- but.
0: That's the horror anthology one. I haven't, I haven't seen yes. that one. Okay, well, maybe we'll have to have you back for when we do that.
1: Oh yeah, scare package, scare package oh. too. I can talk for days.
3: And, and do Jason, if you haven't seen it, that'd be a really fun one to well, do. It's, it's well, okay. yeah, it's it's. Uh, when I heard about it, I'm like, and
0: when I knew were we were going to do movies for the podcast, I'm like, wait, I'm going to hold off until we cover that one
3: intentionally. <laughs> so there are a lot of people who didn't like Scare Package, and I call those people prudes. Um, oh, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. There, I know some smart people and some good people didn't like that movie, but I just think it's just fun. It's just a fun movie. If you're expecting like a Citizen Kane movie, you're not gonna get it. But if you want fun anthology, it's oh my God, it's so much, it's so good. I love it. <laughs> the,
1: the thing about scare packages is the first time I saw it was when it, you know, when it was on Joe Bob. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a good movie. And then I watched it again for the pod for Final Girls Feast because we had Aaron and Jeremy on. And I watched it again and I was like, I like this more. And every time I watch that movie, I like it more. And I think that that's like the problem is that a lot of movie watchers, especially those of us who watch a ton of new stuff like there's not always time to go back and revisit. Right. And so some people write things off because oh, I didn't like it the first time or oh, it was just okay the first time. Go back, try it again. See where you are in, you know, a year or 6 months later and and I, you'll you might find a new favorite movie.
3: I've always talked about that the same way to talk about listening to music like there are times when I'll put a new record on that I get but then I'm distracted doing something else and and I don't like spend time listening to it but there's usually something or a movie that I didn't love sometimes there's something that makes me think man like I didn't love that movie but I feel like i need to give it another shot or because yeah. i like the soundtrack i like x y and z in it and maybe i maybe it, maybe it was you know the mood i was in etc cetera, etc cetera. so i yeah. do maybe think i was hangry of... <laughs> yeah well, also yeah.
0: if you're watching something on assignment or for a deadline or just because you know like uh i watched cobwebs last week because bloody good horror uh covered it and i wanted to like listen to the episode so like i kind of rushed through watching it while i was doing other stuff and i was like i fully absorbed it but i think if i watched it again i think i would like it better
1: that's that's one that I saw in the theater and I was like, okay, I really like this, but it's not perfect. But then it stuck with me. And I realized like, yeah. you know, probably last week I, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I like that movie a lot more than I gave it credit for when I was like, you know, it's, yeah. it's a vibe. Like the yeah. web is really it takes
0: a while of to ramp up is why I, I decided
1: I, I liked it better than barbarian, which a lot of people wow. compare it to. I, I did not like barbarian. I am one of those mm. few people that I just it did not work for me. Mm. I maybe I was grumpy when I went in, <laughs> but like I I just it's it's like a very popular 80s, well, semi-popular 80s movie that mm. I won't spoil for people who haven't seen it because I'm I'm anti-spoiler, but right I, I, I think that movie is a better version of this. And so mm. I Ooh. just but, I'll, I'll,
3: afterwards I'll have to ask you what movie that yeah, is well, we'll talk
0: afterwards but uh, tonight we're talking Tales us in the crypt and I hear that yes. you're a bit of a fan so tell us about your crypt fandom
1: so I my my crypt fandom goes back to when I was young and I used to stay up super duper late when it was on wow. uh, like was it Fox that it was? Yeah, on? it was on
0: Fox because because yeah. it, it was Mad TV because it was after Mad TV.
1: Yeah, but it was on right really late, right? Like I'm yeah. not crazy. It was super late, and I used it to. It was stay like up-
0: Mad TV, Tales the Crypt, and SNL. Okay, like all like kind of if you programmed it right, depending on where you live, at least that's what I did when I was a kid. Because
1: where I was, it was on. It was kind of like the last thing on before like infomercials, almost. <laughs> like it was like twelve or one a.m. That it. Was oh on.
0: wow, that, that's later than that so because I used to
1: watch. What I would do is I would watch Joe Bob on Monster Vision and then I would go watch Tales from the Crypt. Mm -hmm. And so I as a kid, I was just like, it was so cool. It was, you know, none of my friends were spooky kids. So I thought I was hot shit because I was watching Tales from the Crypt and my mom didn't care. And I had a TV in my bedroom and, you know, so and my mom didn't care. She was like, whatever, you know, enjoy your. And then I got to the age where I start when I had I figured out how to record things on my VHS. I would record episodes so that I could rewatch them. And I, I mean, I I loved Tales from the Crypt so much as a kid, and mm-hmm. it just it was influential in my horror love. I, I will awesome. I will absolutely say that.
0: As a kid, did were there any specific episodes that you were that were your favorite?
1: <sighs> I well- really liked the um i don't know the name of the episode but it was sadly the one with jeffrey jones which Uh, oh
0: the um
1: the the egyptian mummy one one, yeah with with Uh, princess nephra i
0: think it was what's that creep course okay which is yeah
1: and that was name for that one that was that was my like jam as a kid i mean i like most women my age went through the egyptology phase and so that episode, I saw that episode when I was going through that. And so I really um, dug that one. The one with Leah Thompson, where she mm-hmm. wants to be pretty.
3: Oh, yeah. That's a great and
1: that that episode stuck with me quite a bit. And then the one, oh, oh what's the one with Zelda Rubenstein? I had oh, a rival.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that that's one. a very good one. That one, that's the one that kept me up at night when I was a kid. Like I, I would not turn off the lights after that one <laughs> with Robert Wagner and Twiggy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Robert yeah. Patrick.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I just, the, I feel like I saw a lot of the same episodes as a kid because, right. you know, reruns. Mm-hmm. So I, I am about due to go through my box set, which I'm so happy well, that I have.
0: Well, I know a great Tales from the Crypt podcast you can listen to um, oh, yeah. <laughs> as you watch through that.
1: <laughs> I can get some commentary, since we're never going to get a nice commentary like, yeah,
0: exactly. from
1: creators.
0: Okay, well, tonight we are reviewing Season 7, Episode 6 of Tales from the Crypt, The Cold War, not the Cold War just Cold War, which came out on May 31st, 1996. Since Jody hasn't showed up, Mondo... You get to do the plot synopsis
3: Ooh, but this time i was prepared and i wrote okay. out a plot i wrote out some stuff and it's also not I'm, the most <laughs> complex it's not the most complex episode i'm still gonna butcher a bunch because the hard part about synopsis is. i think jody had like this sweet spot where he, mm-hmm. he like the perfect amount where i'm always like oh am i giving too much or too little but we're gonna do our best here guys so bear with <laughs> um so we start off with dr cryptkeeper as i'm as i'm calling him. or would we'll it be dr keeper dr keeper uh, giving marriage counseling and you see his uh, marriage, his counseling certificate is from I kill him university. Yes. <laughs> it just tickle me to death. He's giving marriage counseling between two people and just hitting all of his puns as usual. Um, even like uh, I said this before, guys, even on episodes that aren't that great, the wraparounds are still top notch. So love the um, love the wraparound. And then we pan to uh, this really cool. I love this. It, it's common. In a lot of 80s and 90s movies that like the city, the overview shot of the city, because they kind of give you the flavor of, of what's you know where you're at uh, before it happens. So we get a really nice 80s slash 90s overview shot of, uh, I guess, London, uh, I can say, or somewhere in England, right? I'd say is London. One, is really London. is London. Really, it's probably yeah. some, some, somebody's probably yelling right now. They're staring, like, it's a fucking London bridge. It might have been London bridge. I don't know. Actually, that's the Lake Havis. <laughs> Fun fact, we didn't know that the London Bridge is in Lake Havasu, Arizona. Uh, but uh, that's all the whole term. Like, if you believe that I have a bridge I can sell you It's because London sold that bridge to Arizona for some reason <laughs> in pieces and shipped it over. If you know, the story It's a funny story. But uh, anyhow, our lead characters uh, we find out are Tammy. Tammy, right? Or Was it Tammy? Tammy. It's Tammy. See, um, uh, my my closed captioning said Tammy because I did. uh, One thing about this episode I will say is sometimes with the accents, I did have to use some closed captioning just to see uh, to make sure I was getting some stuff right. So we have Tammy and Ford uh, writing with the third person who uh, is not in the episode for a very long name, Cutter, and they're looking for a bank to rob. Uh, This scene somehow, for some reason, the car goes on way too long. Just saying like they're in this car forever, just driving around, trying to find a place. Um, And meanwhile, Cammy is in the backseat, awkwardly stroking the shotgun for some uh, unknown reason. Uh, So they pull up to a bank and find out it has now been turned into a laundromat. And then Cutter uh, pulls his knife out and threatens Ford and puts it to his face. And Ford goes, just not the face, which will come into play later as Cutter does not Cutter. I'm Ford does say this several times throughout the episode. So uh, they end up uh, deciding to rob a, I, I guess, a convenience store. And as they're going in, one of my favorite scenes is Cammy calls him a winker. And he goes, what's a winker? And I love it because, like, every English person has heard the term winker and knows what a winker is. So <laughs> I just thought that was kind of a funny line. And then later on, Ford calls someone else a winker. And he says it all awkwardly. And I'm like, oh, it's a great, it's a great, um, great line. And also, uh, Ford is played by the 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 wonderful Owen um, McGregor. Who I actually did not recognize when I first saw him on screen. Oh really? Yeah, because um, you know I'm I'm more familiar with his later works. I'm so oh. used to seeing him now in Star Wars and everything yeah. that um he's definitely looks a little bit more uh, street disheveled in this, which is good. It, it's it fits the character. No, I, I was um,
0: a big uh, we'll talk about a lot, but I was a big Train Spotting fan back. in Okay, the days, so
3: yes, yes, Well yeah he did he did have a, the the Train Spotting look in this. Yeah, which um, what well, some of the most hideous first ten minutes of film oh, ever, and I mean yeah. that in the most like. The best way as in it's a good movie, but God, like, it's a tough movie, movie. Yeah, that movie came out in what, oh two. 2? No, 02? it was like 96. Oh, shit. 96. I think the first time I watched is right after I had my daughter in 2002. Oh, well, that's and my like, sometime I, I couldn't get through I had to movie. watch that movie. Yeah, I couldn't get through the first 10 minutes. I, I didn't yeah. did shut it off. Uh, anyhow, um, before the robbery starts, so well, I love the fact that he goes, only the bad guys have guns. What can go wrong? Yeah. So they bust into the shop and it's already being robbed um by a couple Asian motorcycle gang members, it looks like. And it, it gets kind of weird because this is where this episode is kind of weird. They throw this like this blatant racism where she keeps calling one of the Asian guys by I forgot the name she called him, but it's obviously like a racial stereotype. But other than the fact that like okay, he just called her out on it he calls her a bitch, he goes and he's like and she calls him something. He goes, she goes, don't call me a bitch. And he's like, well, yeah, if you stop calling me this slur, then I'll stop calling you <laughs> like they're negotiating. as They have guns pointed so- at each other.
0: The name she uses Kato, and I don't know if that's a slur or just stereotyping to that. I
3: would say stereotyping, like a reference okay. to maybe I never heard the, that uh, in that uh, way before. Ever ever, ever watch a Green Hornet? Well, yeah, I know who Kato is. I'm saying yeah, that's I'm saying. It was, it was obviously, I wouldn't say a slur, but it's obviously something it, it wasn't it wasn't a polite comment. I'll put it that way. No, <laughs> it was I get that used I, in
1: a manner that was derogatory. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
3: no,
0: it totally yes. was. Let's think like it was. I say I've never heard it used in that manner before. Yeah, like
3: jace like damn it, I stop calling Asian people "cave"? Like, yes, Jason, you should. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that.
1: I, I oh, did God. notice that too. <laughs> so.
3: <laughs> so they end up having like a, they end up like having kind of a, they have guns drawn at each other. And then um, Cutter walks in and he gets shot like right away. And he's just down bleeding. And they have a, a shootout, which is really actually kind of a neat little shootout with some some good gore effects in it. Mm-hmm. And they dispatch the motorcycle robbers, which is, I'm going to call them. I'll call them the motorcycle robber, robbers. And then they escape in the car uh, and they leave Cutter behind, who's dying. And one of my favorite scenes in the episode, he sits up like all bloody and tries to light a cigar and then just passes out. And he says like, shit, because he can't get his cigar to light, which is like, all that man wanted in his dying moments was to have a, a a puff off his cigar so uh sorry cutter goodbye cutter um so they're it looks like they drive back to their flat and now you see Cammy and she's trying to get uh she's trying to fix uh Ford's bullet wound and they start arguing and then she's basically like you've been shot before and he goes you know what it feels like to be shot and he just straight up shoots her just shoots her right in the arm and I love that the upstairs neighbor starts yelling at them to be quiet because he heard a gunshot which is pretty great too and they argue more <laughs> Well, then you start shooting up into the yeah, into his apartment.
2: Into
0: the, into the- I'm like, they don't have 9-1-1? Oh, uh, they don't.
3: I think in I think
0: it, it's or whatever a different they, different whatever in the call it is. is. I'm like, yes.
3: someone's shooting guns, especially in London. You think yeah. someone will call the cops? They do have emergency services. Yes, and uh, and and this is where it, it's again. You see, Ford as almost this abusive kind of boyfriend because he's telling him, like, just get out. You'll come crawling back to me. And of course, he quotes some biblical verse to to really sink it home, which is always the sign of someone who is not uh, a favorable character. Um and then she says he goes he goes, you'll be back. And she, uh, I love the line she says. She says, you better hope I don't because you'll regret it. So then we've passed, then we go into a bar and you see a new character who we found fa- find out later his name is Jimmy. Um looking kind of like Blade. I kind of like the uh, yeah I got, I kind of like the look for the, the look of it, and uh, he's asking the bartender about finding a good looking woman, um, saying he doesn't want a stripper, doesn't want someone who's tattooed up, et cetera, et cetera. And then he notices Cammy, who's rocking like she's got a killer like a killer outfit, like, like a killer outfit on, like like uh, uh, with like the latex boots and the corset and everything, a really cool outfit. It's very up, they, like proto H- H- Harley Quinn in the Arkham Asylum,
0: and also R.I.P. Alien uh, the Alien Sorkin, the voice of Harley Quinn, passed away this week. Throw
3: bummer. that's right. Yeah, almost like a, a, a like a dominatrix outfit or something. And um, yeah. So they hit it off right away, and they're doing some awkward dancing, and uh, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of awkward. Like I, I love it because they're dancing. They're the only people in this bar dancing, and in the background you almost see like, the bar paint the bar guys trying to like clean the uh <laughs> like, to, like like just get the fuck out. Like <laughs> we're trying to clean up, clean up. And they kept shooting also to this weird guy who was drunk at a table, and yeah. then. Never- comes to play so I was trying to figure out was he like a friend of a friend or just did they do was there a reason he was on screen because at first glance I thought it was a Busey. Mm. And, and then it, it wasn't look
1: like it looked like Gary Busey.
0: Yes I, I <laughs> mean know. maybe Gary Busey just wandered onto the set and just sat down like <laughs> okay
3: free free cameo we'll we'll use it dude there there is a show on Amazon Prime it's uh called like pet court and it's basically like a, a, a court TV program with Gary Busey as the judge. Um, and, and, and granted, like I, I watched this before Gary Busey has come out recently. He's a very, a very problematic person and has done some very not OK things to people at con- conventions and stuff like that. But you would think this show would be batshit crazy. And it's surprisingly restrained and boring. I'm Ooh. like, how do you have a court TV show that people arguing about animals and you have Gary Busey and it's boring? It doesn't have to be good, but how the fuck is it boring? I don't know. They, they ruined that show. Uh, anyhow, uh, they end up just kind of dancing and she tells him, like, I can change your reality. And I was like, huh. And then he goes, you'd be surprised of what I want to change. And I'm been underground for so long. So they're already alluding to what we find out later on in the episode. And, and then we go back to the flat. And we see Ford is coming home from the flat, probably out doing whatever it is that Ford does. He's arguing with his neighbor and calls him a wanker. And then he notices that something's just awry, like someone's in his in in the apartment or in the flat. And he's calling out for Cammy and then he pulls out a gun. He can't find anybody. And finally Cammy comes out of the bathroom. And then um he asks her he goes, "What have you been doing all day, baby?" And then Jimmy steps out. I love this line. Jimmy steps out in a row. All the time. he's like, "Uh, more like who?" It's <laughs> slick, real slick. And then Ford laughs and then he, he says, just get rid of him. Just uh, just just get rid of that guy. And then he goes like, I can't believe you be with someone like that anyways. It makes me sick. And I was like, oh fuck, are we going this direction? And He says, you better shower twice. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. what I do love though is J- Jimmy's response immediately is like, fuck you, you racist piece of shit. I'm like, yes. Okay, cool. Like, like terrible people can say terrible things as long as they're called out and we know they're terrible people. Um, I'm okay with that in movies as long as they're called out as being terrible people. Um, uh, But then I love the fact that he goes, it turns out that he's not upset because he's black. He's upset because he's a human. Because <laughs> he thinks he's a human. He's like, no, no, it's us versus them. It's the live versus the dead. And then uh, Jimmy shoots him. Not Jimmy sorry uh, Ford shoots Jimmy and then they're having this discussion and they basically bring up now you find out that Cammy and Ford are the undead or zombies and they're not they're, they're not human and I talk about how we're different than them and then I love this scene where Jimmy just pops up and shows his fangs goes full on vampire mode and starts fucking these dudes up and then starts telling him like no we're not like Cammy's trying to reason with them and telling him hey um we're just like you. And he goes, no, you're not. You're the lesser species here. Cause we are vampires and you're just zombies. He goes, You ever tasted zombie blood? It's putrid. You guys are dogs. You guys should bow to me. Then they distract him. Tammy stabs him like in the stomach with a uh, spear kind of thing. Like someone from the bedpost, I think. And then they end up threatening him with a shotgun and with a uh, stake to the heart. Jimmy grabs them and pulls them out of the window with them. And then, it fades away uh, when he pulls him out of the window. She does have a shotgun point and the shotgun now gets pointed at Ford's face, which obviously one thing Ford doesn't want to have anything happen to is his face. So again, now we cut to a new scene and we're back inside the same bar. It looks like uh, that we're in before. And I, I love how Candy goes, did you know a vampire can just turn into it a bat in mid flight and just fly away <laughs> just fly away. And then it pans on Ford and you see that uh, Ford's, face is pretty messed up and where he's gotten shot obviously the gun and she helps him drink he's having trouble talking and they make a bunch of uh, comments about his face and then uh, fade away as ford looks super depressed and then we cut back to the crypt keeper who's just giving us some more classic puns as the camera pans out you see that the couple he was counseling are both dead they've both been stabbed in the back which is impressive if the keeper somehow shuffled out from behind his little desk and stabbed both of mm-hmm. them in the back, which is pretty awesome, and he goes, "Well, I guess they're going to be headed to divorce corpse." <laughs> Thank you, Mondo. Yeah. All right. Oh, there is one more line I have to say in this that mm-hmm. also did not sit well with me is that uh Cammy calls him Count Chocula. Yeah,
1: Whoa, I, I was I was, I was about I was about to bring that up because okay. I noticed it as a food reference, but also. <laughs> I was like oh that's cringy no no we don't we don't say that now like oh
3: <laughs> yeah it's just it, it but it's I, I've said this before that it's good and we can look back at these shows and be like oh that'd be problematic nowadays it's good it's probably it's good that it's problematic now and you couldn't get away that's a good thing <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good thing that we have advanced to the point where now when we hear that it raises our awareness like hmm, hmm.
1: that's not okay to say <laughs>
0: All right. So Sarah, what do you think of this episode?
1: I, um, you know, problematic language aside, which I feel like I've been saying that I've been watching a lot of like 80s and 90s stuff for my horror movie challenge. And so I I feel like I've been saying that a lot in my reviews is problematic language aside. Um, (laughs) I I thought it was, I thought it was a fun episode. I'm not normally a vampire or zombie horror lover. So for me, I was like, this is like, you know, I could take it or leave it in terms of an episode, but I did think that it was a fun little twist and I, I it did remind me the end of the episode reminded me of death becomes her. Mm. Okay. And, yeah. You know, cause Cammy's Cammy's collarbone is sticking out. Like right. she's, she's not, her face isn't messed up, but her body is. And so they like, they're kind of stuck together having to take care of each other. And so that was very death becomes her in my opinion. And I I liked that. I, I think, you know, the the makeup work was incredible. So I I, I mean Ewan McGregor's face at the end was pretty gnarly. And, and I felt bad that he had to drink a martini through a straw. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> but I, I, I hadn't seen this episode before though. So it was it was fun to see one that I had not seen.
0: Yeah. No. Um if this ones been fitting into kind of the mold that we've been seeing a lot this season where it's kind of a ho-hum spin there, done that kind of like w- this doesn't really feel like Crypt until like the last like minute when they spring something on us, Um, which I know Crypt is known for those twists, but just it just feels really discordant with everything that happened before that. If I were to rework this episode, I would get rid of like the whole bank thing. And just and make the twist in the middle and give us like a few minutes few more at least a, a couple more scenes of vampires versus zombies or like of that once we realize that twist to let that breathe some more um because yeah. like again up to that point I was like there's nothing interesting really happening this is just like a crime yeah they uh,
1: spend, uh, they spend almost 10 minutes in the car
0: yeah like, and then the yeah, whole... that car scene
1: is almost a third of the episode right that- and that
0: bar scene just goes on way too long too yeah. mm-hmm. agreed Um, uh, so they could really could have those pieces and give us what we want instead of like oh we're gonna give you a sexy cool um british crime like lock stock two smoking barrels type of thing which is fine if that's what you're looking for but it, again in the, when you're watching crypt you're like you want those supernatural elements and they barely give it to us and like I was like, okay, I'm down for this once it happened, but then it was over way too quickly. So I would have rather mm-hmm. everything like all the elements are fine. The acting's good. I mean, Ewan McGregor's always charismatic. Um
3: I've always been a big fan of his. And um, I really like I don't have the uh, the spreadsheet in front of me, but I really I really like the actress too that played Cammy.
0: Yeah, so Cammy's playing by Jane Horkins. Um, she's in a ton of British stuff I don't know, but she's also some of the voices in Chicken Run, if you remember that the claymation movie. And uh absolutely fabulous um so she's yeah she was a really good actress i liked her a lot Mm -hmm. um and then jimmy is played by colin salmon or salmon he was in a bunch of the late 90s bond movies tomorrow never dies world is not enough die another day he was in some of the resident evil movies it was also in alien versus predator um and then of course cutter is played by john salthouse who was in the the old school the spy who loved me he was also Uh in an american werewolf in london so he's got some horror cred so this is one of those episodes that like i could see a much better episode if they just reworked a couple of, like plot things and gave us more because i love i love zombies but more in a more contemporary way and, and actually i like vampires just as long as they're not like the dracula mythos just like just a, a random vampire those are two things i like and putting them together i thought was kind of cool i like hierarchy and seeing how supernatural beings in the real world interact with each other and coexist So I would actually be down for a lot of that. But then it's just kind of like, oh, it's over. But
1: I would have I would have liked to have seen more of the world building where we find out are are zombies really normal? Like, is this something that like, is it just these two or like, you know, is this something that's more ongoing that like I, I feel like it was very it was too contained
0: yeah because they're trying to go try and give us the big twist mm-hmm.
1: which is fine
0: yeah. but do it quicker to get to that so we can get to some of the bigger stuff
3: yeah so um, later on when you see them at the very end and they're back at that bar and obviously his face has now been destroyed from a shotgun and no one seems to care exactly which is, and that was and sarah that's my thought too it's like i would have loved to see that world building and are these different ghouls or whatever is it just common place to where you know no one cares because like oh yeah he's They're just zombies. They're all smacked out. Yeah, Yeah. they could
1: have they could have even done like in that final scene, like the bartender, you know, walking up to them and being like rough night. Like, you know, something, something that acknowledges (laughs) that the bartender knew that, you know, uh Jimmy Pickett was a vampire and Cammy was a zombie. And it's just it's just how things go. Like,
3: yeah, or they pan out and like the whole place is full of zombies. It's just like the zombie bar. And and then you could have gone back. To the conversation that jimmy had with the bartender originally and it's more so him looking for a victim to you know to, to feast upon or something like that and also if the if the bartender is going to use the line rough night he should be turning into a werewolf at that point oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah this one so there's a lot of potential of where they could have gone but
0: what they give us is just okay um i think kind of a little maybe a little bit elevated because of some really good actors especially for genre stuff um uh, oh, yeah. I, lo- I love ewan mcgregor unhinged like Ewan mcgregor as like normal stoic guy fine he's like again dr sleep he's fine obi-wan kenobi he's fine but when you get like unleashed like birds of prey i really like that movie partly because he just goes so off the wall on that movie now sarah what's that dr sleep uh thing in the background
1: um it was a for when they did like the screenings here in town mm-hmm. it was like a photo thing where you could put your face in it like uh, jack nicholson in the door oh cool yeah my my rep uh when they were cleaning out their office he was getting rid of stuff and he's like do you want this and i was like yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
0: i went to like on the first test screenings and like mike mike Flanagan was there
1: oh nice um, for dr sleep that was really cool they did they did a uh an advanced screening here but it was at like 10 a.m mm. <laughs> and so my husband had to work and i ended up going with a friend and so my husband still hasn't seen it
3: oh, really <laughs> oh wow I've, i haven't seen sad it
1: because <laughs> I, I, it's a good movie it, it's, oh, good. it's really solid
3: it would have been
0: better as a mini series i think if they split up like an hbo series I-
1: I feel that way about almost anything that's over yeah, two hours at this exactly. point. I, I have no patience for anything over two hours. Even two hours for me is really hard. I'm like, no, y'all. Like, I just found out that the Five Nights at Freddy's movie is going to be three hours. And I'm what? like, yeah, Why? it's on Rotten Tomatoes. The Rotten Tomatoes time now says so it's mostly oh official. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm like, I'll go watch Willy's Wonderland. Have fun with that. Bye
3: i, know, I, know know. Movie I, I love dearly but most uh, it's rare that i see a movie that's that long and i'm like oh it needed to be that long
1: mm-hmm.
3: and and like i like I, I saw terrifier 2 in the theaters i love terrifier 2 but as i'm watching that, i knew how long it was gonna be i'm thinking like man here's 15 minutes I could have cut out here's five minutes they could have cut. you know out.
1: why that movie is so long because they they did a they did it with crowdfunding yes. and so many people paid a lot of money to be killed by Art the Clown. So you got that dream sequence, that dreamy circus oh, sequence. Yes. Okay. And that's that, that whole sequence does not need to be in the movie well, at all. Well, well
3: could, that didn't
0: so much more sense. Well, and there's you you so many cut scenes that like... all
1: out and it would have, I did not care for terrifier too. It was absolutely too long. I was bored out of my mind. I was like, this is, I, I, didn't dig on it like I I liked the first one mostly I just I I think art the clown is a cool character concept but I just I haven't seen an art the clown movie that I'm like oh that really that really nailed the landing
3: like I I, I think the next one is when he's going to get probably big funding which means we'll have a chance to kind of and hopefully he'll get an editor that's not himself and yeah. um and I mean that like in the it, not a net well it's it's a positive to have an editor, it's not you because like there's scenes in that which could have been cut out, but they're beautifully shot. I see I know why he kept them in because he's like, damn it, this looks so good. I don't want to cut this scene. And that's need someone to come in and be like, dude, it looks amazing. Save it for the Blu-ray. <laughs> let's,
1: I, I wish let's, someone let's had done that with Ari Aster that. for Bo is Afraid i heard the
3: same thing about that. I haven't that seen it again, movie oh, I so that movie was so
1: tedious. I, I saw an advanced screening of that one too. And I was like, there was no reason that that needed to be three hours long. Like I know, no, 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 please okay. stop.
3: <laughs> and, and, and the opposite is when we have an episode like this, we're like, man, like you could have cut out all this fluff at the beginning and added them more, you know, it's always a thing I say when I watch those long movies, I'm like, you could have cut this out. Cut this out. And maybe, and then I'm like, It was so long, but I really love this part of it. And I wanted that more fleshed out. You didn't give that to me. So Mm -hmm. it's um, and also I'm I'm also old. So once I hit, I I just I think I
1: I firmly stand by my like my mental fix on the 70 minute horror movie. If you can if you can give me a great story in 70 minutes. You have you have worked magic because that is. That is like the sweet spot. It's not too long, not too short.
3: Well, and I'll tell you what, if you give me a shitty movie in 70 minutes, at least there's only 70 minutes. Right. <laughs> and I don't feel like, well, <laughs> I just watched a, uh, I just watched a found footage movie on a screen box called subject. And mm-hmm. by the end of it, I was like, well, that was a fucking waste of my time. Um, some I watched great that idea. one,
1: I think, during
3: Chattanooga. <laughs> yeah, some great ideas during this movie, but the end didn't land. But I was like, oh, it was only like sixty-five minutes. So I'm not even angry. Like I'm still happy I saw it. <laughs> or,
0: yeah, I. I well, love not to go, good... oh, go, not ahead. to go too much further down. I watched uh Sleepaway Camp two the other night, and that's a movie where it's too short. and They had to add that whole like dream recall sequence. I recapped the whole movie just to pad out the timing.
3: Um. Yeah, and see, Jason, did you see what's going to happen on Sleepway Camp anniversary day? Now at um, at the Joe Bob driving. Oh no! What's the what's the new? They're, they're playing all the sleepway camps in order, of course, yeah. with Fleischer Rose. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 and how you're not coming out for that, Jason? I just not. You can sleep right um, here on the floor, right here on the okay. floor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Going back to the episode, though, this was directed. Speaking of shorter length, uh mediums this was directed by andrew Morahan, who di- was a very well-known music video director he did all the big guns N' roses music videos november rain estranged um he did a bunch of music videos from michael jackson paul mccartney um and he also did highlander three which means there are this in the last uh telescript episode were both directed by highlander directors it's so how's that for synergy interesting
1: well, that's there, there, why there's a dance number now in this the dance
0: number and there was actually a lot of musical cues i was wondering wow. about that
3: um i oh, was also
0: like trying to make it a little hip go, um, go,
3: going back to the bar scene where her finger is obviously still wet miss alive and she rubs it on the fucking whoa. on the glass i'm like why would you do that some poor soul's got to come clean that glass behind you <laughs>
1: I'm like, do you want no. COVID? Because that's how you get COVID. <laughs> like,
3: we found the source of the COVID. <laughs>
0: 1996. Tell I, I feel like
1: when I watch old movies now, now like thinking about that from like a post, you know, pandemic mentality, I'm like, oh, that's so gross. Oh, oh, contagion. Oh, contagious! Gross! No, and I—I'm I mean, just not about that.
3: I—I <laughs> I, I was watching uh for a podcast I was into watching the old WWE Raws from 1993, 1994, and the Bushwhackers um used to come out and they would just grab fans in the front row and just lick their faces, like legit, Ugh. just lick their faces. And I was like, for somehow that was as a kid, I didn't really register that as being super gross. But an adult, I'm like, ah, like after going through COVID, I'm just horrified by this. Like,
1: I mean, can we just like <laughs> acknowledge for a minute how gross blowing out the candles on your cake is? Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, well, in front of a group this.
3: of people, especially or, especially, kids. Like,
1: especially kids who are like, you know, like, oh, you know, it's no.
3: yeah. You know make this cake better? Some spit and germs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's do it. So
1: you give give whoever is blowing out a candle a cupcake. To blow out a candle separately that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah
3: that's what we did
0: for my kid's birthday we got <laughs> like blowing out cupcakes um all right normally we do a comic comparison to the comic the EC comic this is based on unfortunately we we're able to find it we'll try to find it later um uh, maybe we'll do a drop in uh the only synopsis i could find on it was says that man joins family of zombies so I did some
1: I did some digging because I wanted Ooh. to try to read it. I was like, oh, is it maybe like on Hoopla or something? Because they have a ton of comics. Mm-hmm. Or is it maybe in the one like Omnibus that I have? Um, but it was all I found was that it was a very expensive comic.
0: Yeah, I saw that too. It normally, goes for about two grand. <laughs> yeah, normally oh, wow. Jody can find it online. But since he's uh, incognito, uh, we weren't able to get a hold of it. But we'll see if we can figure it out. Um, All right, let's move to our episode rating. We do zero to five, five being the best, zero being the worst. You can do half points. Uh, Excuse me, Sarah.
1: Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I know. Um, I guess in the spot. I would go probably two and a half out of five. Yeah, like it's it is perfectly serviceable. It is adequate. It's not below average. It's not above average. It's just there. I, I thought it was just fine to spend, you know, 30 minutes of my life watching.
3: All right. Mondo, <laughs> yep, I'm the same boat two and a half. Don't think it was a great episode. Don't think it was a bad episode like the horror elements again, brought some really good stuff to the table and then also but left a lot on the table, too. That could have been uh, fleshed upon. But I think two and a half is perfectly. Yeah,
0: safe. yeah, I'm going to half as well. That's feels exactly right, right down the middle. Like could have been better. could have been a lot worse. <laughs> I think the talent raised it I think with lesser actors yeah. It would have yeah. been really not watchable um, But I think the production I'll give also a shout out to production design The costuming was really fun in this And the sets are really cool um, So, you know But there's just a lot missing from it All right um, And now we turn it over to Uncle Al For his anecdotes
2: Hi, it's Alan Cold War kind of epitomized everything great about shooting in England, in particular regarding our cast. Back when we shot Crypt in London, Ewan McGregor wasn't well-known outside of Britain. He'd acted in Danny Boyle's Shallow Grave, and it just acted in a movie called Train Spotting for Danny Boyle. But it hadn't come out yet. Everyone who'd seen it said Ewan was amazing in it. If we'd still been in L.A., even with all that hype, HBO would never have paid breakage to bring Ewan across the pond. But because we were shooting in London, we could have Ewan, who was thrilled to act in an American TV show. Hell, because we were in London, we could even cast Jane Horrocks, who we'd all loved from Ab Fab. Scott Nimmerfro wrote the script and pretty much made the episode exactly what he wanted it to be. I'll apologize for the dogs in the background. Cold War isn't great, Nimmerfro. It's good, Nimmerfro, which is better than most everyone else's best. So Scott was happy, I was happy, and HBO was happy. Like I said, Cold War epitomized everything great about shooting crypt in England. See you next time.
0: And we're back. All right, Mondo, give us your song of the day.
3: I have two, and for good reason. Um, The world of professional wrestling this week, as you know, I love professional wrestling, uh, lost one of its legends in uh, Terry Funk. Who uh, was also an actor? He played in Roadhouse. He mm. played in Paradise Alley with Sly Stallone. He was responsible for Hulk Hogan being in uh, Rocky III. Mm. Uh, fun fact. Uh, and he um, was also in Briscoe County, the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. He was an <laughs> over the top. And uh, some other acting credits to to his, to his a resume, too, but um, possibly the greatest wrestler that ever lived, one of the greatest minds of the business. And just from anyone who ever met him, like uh, me, and my buddy Phil met him in 2005. When we were young men going to Philadelphia to go watch the ECW hardcore homecoming, and he was nothing but just a awesome person to, to meet. And one of my f- favorite wrestlers in the history of wrestling. Um, So uh, for him, I picked a song by the Eagles and I hate the fucking. Wow, Eagles, that's a big one. <laughs> I really don't hate the Eagles like the dude does, but uh, but he used to come out of the theme in ECW, uh, Desperado, This mm. is a really sad song when you listen to it. And uh, Johnny Cash actually covered it later, too. Yeah, that's a great cover. One of the rare times, though, I do prefer the original to the cover. And It's not a knock on Johnny Cash. understand Jason because I saw your judgmental stare. No, 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 no. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> mm-hmm. But that uh, was my it,
1: judgmental it, stare.
3: Oh, it's still a great cover. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it's by, by the original better. So we'll go with the Eagles uh, Desperado in memory of Terry Funk, which really hit that death hit me pretty hard because granny was 79 years old, lived a very full life, but um, still one of the guys that really cemented my love of professional wrestling at a young age. And as I, as I grew older, I learned to appreciate his back catalog even more. And then also, uh, WBF had a, had a loss, and this ties into horror with uh, Bray Wyatt. Um, WWF wrestler passed away at the age of 36. Uh, Windham Rotunda was his real name. Uh, but when he first came into WBF, he, used to use, he was kind of like, a, his gimmick was like a Southern Baptist kind of cult leader. And he had a really cool song he'd come out to, and it's by a band called Mark Crozer and the Rells. And I think the but the, the name of the song you'll find if you're looking for on Spotify or um, Apple Music is uh, Live in Fear. And I believe the original name of it was um, actually I have it here. I wrote it down earlier. The original name of the song was called Broken Out in Love, which is a cool like it's a song you wouldn't expect a wrestler to come out to, but it fit the character so well. And then later on, it's connection to horror is he eventually became the Fiend, which is a very horror for character because Bray Wyatt was a huge horror movie geek. And um, uh, Tom Savini actually created his masks and created a specialized title for him. And uh, Tom Savini actually posts on Instagram a scene with like, Bray White is goofing around in the studio. So uh, two songs this week, Desperado by the Eagles and uh, Live in Fear by, by Mark Crozer. Um, and uh, again, uh, rest in peace. It's always sad when you see someone at the age of 36 who's people shouldn't be dying at 36. And it was a heart attack. He, had, he They found out he had a heart issue last year, and then he got COVID really bad. So they, they, the heart attack came on because of the, the COVID. What they think, um, I don't know if they know that for sure or not. So I don't want to spread a rumor that I might not know. But um, still, uh, you know, may, many thoughts to his family out there. I, I doubt any, anyone who knows him is listening, but like uh, it still sucks to see anybody die that young. It's tragic. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Um okay we're gonna do something a little bit different for the rest of the episode since Uh-oh. we have a horror foodie specialist
1: oh goodness
0: i thought we'd go through some of our favorite crypt episodes and do some uh come up with some food pairings
1: oh dang um,
0: put you on the spot a little bit We'll we'll help you out here um so first of all what would you pair with this episode
1: Um, honestly, I would go with a London dry gin martini because they drink martinis in this. It's set in a bar. London gin is very different from French gin. And so it would be on it would be on theme with that. And I just I feel like they're they're drinking. I mean, you could also do. You know, mm-hmm. a Bloody Mary, if you really were feeling froggy. But I, well, this this feels more like a this feels more like a gin martini kind of also, a, a vibe.
0: Yeah. Zombies always, in my mind, are always very crusty. So like like the dry, <laughs> like very dry, like very, I don't know, they've just been you
1: and McGregor look yeah. moisturized.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, as you see, he constantly was worried about his face. So he probably used some skincare products.
1: Yeah, he was he was concerned with his skin.
0: <laughs> there we go um all right then that, let's go through some other of our favorite episodes uh are you familiar with death of a salesman oh. the tim curry one to tim curry
3: playing every character basically with ed begley that's the,
1: that's the one with like the house right with the like where he goes in and tim curry is like the old lady yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. where is that one set i feel like it's
0: somewhere in the south I feel like it'd be like one of those like chicken done three ways or something like that.
1: Yeah. Like maybe like a chicken pot pie. Mm. Cause it's always like something under the crust, something sneaky. Like, <laughs> and you would add like a cool seasoning or something so that it's like unexpected or like an unexpected vegetable. Okay.
0: Like, I like um, that too. Like okra
1: i would not put okra in a pot pie
0: <laughs> exactly i
1: i would never put okra in a pot pie okra kind of in my mind either needs to be fried or go in gumbo that's it like mm. those those for me those are the two uses of okra all
0: right all right and what about um let's say cutting cards the one with um lance Henrickson and they're playing uh card games in vegas
1: hmm Oh, I would probably go with another cocktail for that one. I would probably do like a whiskey drink.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because
1: I like when I think of like card players, like they're always like you know drinking their like whiskey on the rocks, and I I would probably do like a whiskey with like some bitters, some fancy bitters. Okay. I I always feel bad when we we uh, make cocktail recipes because we always have like our we use a lot of Bitterman's bitters and they have mm-hmm. a huge selection of. Hard to find, like you have to order them online, basically, kind of bitters. And so I always feel bad because I'm like our recipes are sometimes like, oh, use this like New England bitters. And I'm like, oh, nobody's gonna have that one.
3: No. Yeah. You can you can substitute bitters sometimes. You do you, you do get different flavors out of it, but like yeah,
1: and especially well, especially because if we're not using like Angostura or something, we're using like something that is very specific. Yeah. Like the New England, like there's one that my husband really loves. That's I think it's the Scarborough one and it's got like a celery bitter, but it's also got some other stuff in it. So my my husband loves bitters. That's that's his what, <laughs> whole he's with Geek Suite. He's the bartender.
3: That's awesome.
0: All right. And then uh, top billing. That's the one with John Lovitz and they do the Shakespeare uh, play. It turns out they're all psychomaniacs
1: i would do i would do probably like if it's english no like no, no english well
0: like shakespeare shakespeare shakespeare. Shakespeare. We're doing
1: shakespeare. Hamlet. shakespeare okay yeah i would probably do like i'd probably do like something with like bangers like bangers and mash like but like make it bloody because you know if Blood they're sausage. crazy yeah something like that because you know you think like a british type sausage or european type sausage and then they're all like psychopaths. Presumably, you know, somebody's a cannibal. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh yeah. There's always a cannibal in the mix.
1: I, I mean, in my life, there's always a cannibal. <laughs> <There's> always cannibal. <laughs> I, 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 I think I've, I've said that too many times in movie reviews. I'm like, this would have benefited by some cannibalism, like being just tossed in there. Like I expected, like if you have a backwoods horror movie. And you don't have cannibals, you 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 messed up. Like that's you did it wrong. Like
0: yeah. Going back to the menu for just for one second, I told <laughs> I love that they actually didn't go that route because that's from all the trailers or anything that's completely what I was expecting. Like it was kind yeah. of like a fresh situation.
1: I, I feel like they. I don't think Searchlight would have done it mm-hmm. because they had already released Fresh that year, right? So I don't think they would have gone with two cannibalism. Yeah. Well, movies. I, well, I didn't right. make that
0: association between the two movies, but like I like that they kind of everywhere you thought they were going to go they went the other yeah, way they,
1: they kept it with food only
0: food mm-hmm. but they um,
1: totally in the menu they totally give away how it's going to end in the beginning
0: well yeah if you're paying yeah you still know how
1: yeah because they i mean uh hong chow says the line you know we only burn things intentionally mm-hmm. and it's just like it sets the tone all the right. second but, time I watched that movie, I lost my mind. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the second I picked time picked that yeah.
1: up, and I was like,
0: oh, no. So I watched that in the theater and then I, by, by myself, and then later on, I got my wife to watch it. And I was just like watching her reaction to everything. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one is Yellow. That's the World War II episode with Kirk Douglas.
1: I actually did this recipe for Dunkirk. I would okay. do, I would do spam hand pies, mm. because spam and potatoes were a very popular popular food to eat during World War II. Because
0: oh, I'm sorry, this is World War One, but yeah, oh, uh,
1: I would World War One. I, I would still probably go with some sort of like yeah. wartime. I would still go with yeah, exactly. like a spam type or something, something like that. You can eat out of like a metal. Uh, like a metal kind of bento box style deal,
3: because
1: mm-hmm. that that's how I would roll with my life. The <laughs> <laughs> snacky right, MRE style.
0: There we go. <laughs> yeah. Next one is television terror. That's the one with a film. The news crew goes into a haunted house.
1: Oh, mm. I would do a big bowl of popcorn, honestly, because like <laughs> when you think of like people watching TV. Mm-hmm. I like and it's always in movies like even like like for hocus pocus when they're watching they're not watching movies they're watching like the news but they're settling it you know with a big bowl of popcorn and like uh arachnophobia they're watching wheel of yeah. fortune and eating the big bowl of popcorn so i always associate like 90s tv watching with like a giant bowl of popcorn
0: love it all right and then the number seven the new arrival the one with uh, zola Ribbenstein. Oh,
1: I don't know. Hmm. It's been so long since I've actually watched most of these episodes. I do a lot of my recipe theming based on like where they're located and that kind of you know theming. We this we do a like- lot of
0: this one felt a little bit like fraser so let's just say seattle seattle mm-hmm. well there's a oh, television there's a radio psychiatrist uh, i love comparing
3: to fraser that's pretty great yeah
1: maybe something with cigarettes because i feel like every radio show host <laughs> always is smoking a cigarette like that's kind of like the like
0: this guy would definitely have like a pipe like a cigar tobacco
1: pipe i would do if that was the case if he was smoking a pipe I would do some sort of tobacco smoke cocktail. Mm. Mm. There was a bar in town that did this. And so it was called the Lawless and it was a uh, whiskey drink. And what they would do is they would make a pile of tobacco on like a metal, like a little like cast iron thing, light it on fire, put the glass on top of it. So it smokes in the glass. Then you take the glass off. And while it still has the smoke, like some of the smoke in there, you pour the cocktail in. And so, so then when you're drinking it, you get that, like that nose of like the tobacco. So I would do probably something like that. Nice.
3: nice. This is a lot of places. I'm making those smoke cocktails. They're interesting. They're interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it is hit or miss for me, but they are pretty interesting. I've seen the videos. Never had one.
1: They're not all equal like that. I no. a a smoked cocktail needs to be done by someone who really knows what they're doing in terms of like flavor balancing because you can have it be too smoky you let it sit in there too long then it you get that bitter like char flavor and if you're going for a bitter char flavor you might as well just be drinking an isla scotch which is peaty and you know iodine and briny and you might as well if you want to drink a fireplace drink that like <laughs> I, I know this from experience because that is what my husband drinks and wow. kissing him after he takes a sip is like kissing a fireplace
0: yeah i can't i do kind of want to try that just for I, I try a sip of that just like chaos of you
1: know it's not bad like if you get like a the LaFroy like 10 year it's not bad
0: hmm. all right next one is uh, we'll do a house of horror that's the fraternity uh episode
1: I would do a beer cocktail 100%.
0: What kind of beer cocktail?
1: Oh, I would I we did one for Joe Bob for uh one of his summer specials that was like a, beer, a Lone Star Rita. And so we used Lone Star beer and we kind of we paired it with like margarita stuff. Ooh, that's cool. And yeah. it was delicious and we even we 3D printed um drive-in speaker cocktail picks. Cool. And this was during COVID, so we actually I had some local mutant friends and we drove around and delivered little uh, Lone Star Rita kits to all of them and I hand painted cocktail picks for all of them and we did a little snack mix with some spicy peanuts and chips and popcorn and we have a lot of Joe Bob inspired recipes on our website if you're ever looking for something to like eat while you're doing the last drive-in I have you covered I promise
3: I love that
0: nice all right we'll do two more we'll do uh dead right which is the one with demi moore and uh where she gets the fortune teller to tell her that she's gonna marry um a set man and then be and then uh, earn the
3: ton of money
1: oh i remember that
3: there's a lot of gross eating in that if i remember yeah there's a lot of gross oh. eating in that one. Oh. It's one, of those, it's one of those one of those things in cinema where they just show someone eating for just too long. Like, yeah, I, just, I don't, the...
1: I don't, I don't enjoy the the gluttonous like insult of heavy pick pe- people in film, and that that reminds yeah. me of that. And like, it's just like it's so mean and demeaning. And
3: yeah. uh, I mean, they're 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 intentionally trying to grossify the act of something that everybody does every single day.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I would probably if I was going to do a food pairing for that. I would do something, I would do like bites with um, foie gras mm. because she wants to be rich and mm. how else, you could? I mean, you could even play it down and do like chicken livers and like do fried chicken liver like bites and because like, you know, people want to be rich and they want to eat foie gras, but you know, all you can afford is chicken liver. Like, right. <laughs> I, I think that would be a fun little That's like uh, play on that. Chicken livers are actually really delicious. Chicken.
0: I like chicken livers
3: or chicken gizzards. I love mm. chicken gizzards. I never tried. I don't think I've ever tried them, but I would. I'm, I'm yeah. an adventurer.
0: I'm an adventurous eater.
1: I'll eat anything once.
0: Yeah, I'll eat yeah, it. I'll as long cook. as it's cooked. I'll eat anything cooked once. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I've I'll eaten some raw stuff
1: anything. too, so <laughs> I'm a little iffy
0: if it's raw. Like if it's event- adventurously speaking.
1: Yeah, I won't. I won't do chicken or pork raw. That's just that's not mm. in my comfort zone.
0: <laughs> All right, and then to wrap things up, we'll do the episode "What's Cooking." Speaking yeah. of cannibals, with uh, oh, nice. Christopher Reeves, he has the diner, and then he just, they run out of meat, so they decide to uh, start murdering their patrons, including a uh, singer meatloaf to make steaks out of.
1: I would do. I would do a steak and eggs. Like if it's diner food, absolutely. Yeah. Like you gotta do steak and eggs and make it look make it look a little human. Don't don't nor you know, maybe trim your your steak so it doesn't look like a a standard ribeye or a standard like T-bone. Like
0: what cut would you use? Would you use a cube?
1: Honestly, I I like a good ribeye. So I Mm -hmm. would I would probably Mm -hmm. get a ribeye, but I would trim it down a little bit Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't look so ribeye. But I also I would also do it like medium rare so that it's still a little it's still a little pink
0: there you go just do like the uh that one the spinal spinal whatever muscle it is the outside muscle
1: you could also i mean you could do pork chops and eggs also because they always you know say that human tastes like pork That's and they they, they, i mean they do call it long pigs. so long pig. i mean you could really <laughs> you could really play around with that a lot we, we wanted to do a recipe for fresh, but we decided that it would gross. To, we we ended up doing a cocktail instead of a um, <laughs> a food recipe because cannibalism is always a little iffy for people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never. There are too much cannibalism.
1: I agree, but apparently not everybody lives my life and has a coffin-shaped bookcase full of cannibalism.
3: <laughs> <in my face. laughs> it gets people all squeamish. I get it. Oh. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that wraps up another episode. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you?
1: I'm on social media everywhere. Spooky Sarah says, uh, "Geeks who eat" and "Final Girls Feast." Like, we, we try to keep it simple. To geekswhoeat.com because some Yahoo has geekswhoeat.com and has since before we started and doesn't do anything with it so don't go there go to (laughs) twogeekswhoeat.com and then finalgirlsfeast.com and then you can also find us wherever podcasts air pretty much
0: all right well thank you um next week we're not entirely sure what we're covering we'll let everyone know be a bit of a surprise we just gotta have to figure it out um but i'm sure it will be great as always we appreciate everyone for listening. We would really appreciate it if you would give us a rating or review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify, check out our YouTube for videos of these podcasts. And with that, we thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypt.
2: <laughs> follow Dads
0: from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or I will follow you to the grave. No, seriously,
2: you really should watch. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it.